So we're not going to discuss whether this is a good or bad idea because that's the context of the organization. The politicians and everybody have decided this is how it's going to be. So let's imagine you for a moment that this actually is a good idea. How would it look like? How would your day look like? Again, a preferred future. And imagine it's a good idea. Wow. How would that look like? That is simply focus with every journey and dumbly good for life and joy and We've got a brand new exciting episode for you. Please welcome your host, Elfie Cherney and Dominic Godad. Hello and welcome back at episode number 82. We are here in Lensburg today with Jesper Christiansen. Hi Jesper. Hello. We are looking forward to having this conversation with you and while well, we know each other for quite some years already and Dominic and I are really big fans of your work. You're married to Kati Hankowski, yes. whom we had on the podcast earlier already and we are very excited to be here with you today. So thanks for having us. Yes, Jesper, you're Chaos Pelt, you're Solution Surfer, you're Solution Fox Practitioner, self-employed. And also a big role model in being solution-focused husband and solution-focused <laughs> father and having a family that you, with Kati Jankowski, always brought to the conferences and it was a big role model for us to also bring Bibiana. So thank you very much for that also. Well, thank you. I mean, it's great to go to a conference where you have so many babysitters <laughs> available. You really can enjoy the workshops. <laughs> it truly is a very great surrounding to have our kids in. So yes, but what is it that fascinates you with solution focus? What fascinates me really is that it works at my age since I've been working with Solution Focus since the last 17, 18 years, something like that. It works all over. As a self-employed, I'm a consultant, coach, sometimes a joke, I say whatever brings money. So I've been working in extremely a lot of different constellations. And to this day, I see Solution Focus works in every situation, in some sort of another. So you work in a lot of different situations and always with this clear focus <coughs> on Solution Focus. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I work as a freelancer, for example, doing some leadership development trainings for other companies, then they have a fixed concept of how to do the training, focusing on problems and figuring out you as a leader, what are your weakness and all that. And in the beginning, I had times where I really needed the money. So I said yes to do these trainings. And I thought, okay, since I'm in hell, why not enjoy it somehow? So I was wondering, how can I put small details in that are solution focused, although I'm obliged to do the training under that concept. And I figured out, hey, you can actually do a lot without, you know, backstabbing. Of course, it's a client that pays and they expect my professionalism and all that. But still, you can put in solution focus under a learning frame in the context. So it actually can go hand in hand. Whether I don't quite agree on how and I would be teaching that differently, I actually figure out small bits and pieces. So what are those small bits and pieces you're putting in or you put in? Very, very simple is putting in time for own reflection in the learning. Whatever you teach, don't talk all the time. Let the people figure out themselves. Even though if you have a one-way teaching, you're telling people what they should do, still put in reflections where you say, so imagine this would really work in your own everyday situation. How can you imagine that would look like? How would you do it? And accepting that we are all individuals, what would be your personal, special, unique way of doing it? So these small, and it takes no more than five minutes, say, go talk to your next person, get up, walk around, find a new one you haven't been talking with for a while, sit down, reflecting, what makes sense to you so far? And how does it make sense? What difference does it make that it makes sense to you? So very solution-focused reflection. 
Yeah, I think just going in with a solution-focused mindset in whatever context you are in, mm -hmm. instead of trying to fight the context, you know, to say, oh, that's all wrong. I can already imagine the questions that follow. So how would others notice and what would they see you doing yeah. and things like that? Exactly. It's a really great start into this reflection and also, yeah, really letting them think about all those things with those solution-focused questions. When we started our journey, we did the Rethink workshop with you. Mm. And it's also something that was initially not only solution-focused that came to you and that you twisted around to solution-focused framework that really worked. So we were really thrilled to be on this workshop at the start of our journey. And we took those sheets of paper again and again and then had a look at it. And it really was helpful for our whole journey. Yeah, it comes from Australia, Edgeware Creative Entrepreneurship. It's two very dear friends. And colleagues, Ludmila and Michael Donovan, who have been working first with Aboriginals within culture. And then they actually discover within the whole cultural business, there's a lot of entrepreneurs, there are a lot of self-employed people, and they suck at making business. So they figured out how can you do business planning in another different kind of way that more looks at what are you doing well and what you enjoy to do. And of course, the obvious, how do you earn money on it? And they have this great saying, make money, have fun and change the world. And I went there actually in an internship when I was studying to become a chaos pilot, which is project management and organizational development alternative training in Denmark at that time. And we became really good friends in Australia. And then I get back and we drifted apart, you know, times went. And all of a sudden they popped up and say, oh, we are coming to Europe. It's so hot at our place in January. So we want this cold gray Europe. <laughs> and then uh, we met up and they made this rethink your business in their way. And they really had an excellent, great twist way to do a SWOT analysis and all that and they said hey come on don't you want to do this in Europe we invite you go ahead and at that time I was working solution focused and I said yeah but there's some small bits and pieces I'm not quite happy about would it be okay if I change it and they said yeah sure go ahead and this is what you have experienced the rethink your business make money have fun change the world and putting in passion and what you really love and at the same time have an eye on hey come on i need to pay the rent mm -hmm. so where's the money and for me it's not about finding the right products or finding the right way and having success but more about creating a balance being aware yes i am doing stuff that i really really love and it doesn't bring in any money and that's okay but i just have to have an awareness as well where are the money so i can have a reasonable balance on it because the one thing is you can say hey i have a lot of money uh, it's really going well but i'm bored to death and on the other hand I'm having so much fun I'm doing that project and that's I think one of the things that characterize the marriage of Katy and me <laughs> we're doing a lot of non-profit stuff and are really really enjoying it and sometimes we just say hey come on we need money mm. now there's a lot of fun but we need to be grown up as well yeah we realized this balance too when we saw it on our sheets of paper that there are a lot of things that we are doing with SS Tour that we love to do that we're passionate about and it's also okay that they don't give any money especially on our tour and there are also other possibilities in customer groups where we have products that we enjoy and also can make money with that so this how can we balance this out and what we really enjoyed was also this clear focus on preferred future and not this very open preferred future but this very concentrated focus on your main customer groups and then on your main products and the preferred future in those main products and main customer groups really helped us to shape our journey the way it emerged. And it was also a beautiful tool to trace progress and to celebrate what we achieved already. Wow, great. 
Yeah, I love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, I really like it in the way that it just makes things visible and that you're not signing up saying, who are my customers? What do they do? How do I support them? But it's more like drawing hearts and drawing <laughs> dollar signs and, you know, <laughs> making symbols on that, making online symbols and really create and say, what kind of landscape do I have in my business? How does it look like? Do I like it the way it looks or should I draw it like the way I would my preferred future and there's this lovely story with the pencil oh yeah we always use pencil it's quite hands-on we use pencil also when i do it online i ask people specifically not to use pens but use pencils and there's this anecdote that during the cold war where the russians and the american were working hard on being the first in space and being the first on the moon nasa spent a lot of million and million of dollars to figure out because in the space you need to write you need to do reports and write and just make calculations and all that and the computers wasn't at that time that advanced so they figure out how can you make pens where the fluid ink could be in space and you could make use of it until they figured out what the Russians did they just used pencils <laughs> <laughs> the short way and because also a pencil I mean you can always go back you write something you can rub it out and then you can start all over again and that is also a big interesting part about rethink your business things change change happens all the time so what you do today about your product plan can completely change tomorrow because you've been sleeping you've been thinking new ideas have come so instead of these five years business plans this is really a vivid hands-on but here and now planning and you can do it every day so i particularly enjoyed this part reminding us that change is happening all the time and that the things we write down are not well written in stone forever but that it can change already after the conversation we have so thanks for that <laughs> welcome And since change is happening all the time, we did that two years ago. What has changed with how you developed Rethink Your Business and how you do the workshops? The tools have changed a little bit, yeah. I talked with Michael Donovan from Edgeware once. I have this frustration that comes up once in a while. And I mentioned to you, said it's a bit of like a midlife crisis. I get so interested in solution focus and how it can be used all over the place that sometimes I lose track of where I am. And all of a sudden I'm spreading all over. And I envy people, other people in the solution focus community who has a very clear profile. You know, everybody knows what she or he stands for. And if somebody says to me, what are you doing? I would say, yeah everything you know <laughs> and that comes in the tools as well but each time when I'm working with people and I would say rethink your business is not really something I live off but I get extremely good response for the people and I get really inspired by the people and each time I change the tools a little bit you know the customer service product worksheets that I'm using is the same original that Ludmilla and Michael Donovan did and it's so brilliant that it doesn't need any changes but everything around the added worksheets on how to make progress and all that all the time I get inspired to change a little bit more so in that sense it changed what is the solution focus twist in it Or in those changes one thing is where I'm working quite a lot on at the moment is customer success what is customer success in the traditional way you make a profile you says this is Elfie she's age this and that she has a child that's a daughter and she's this kind she buys this kind of food and all that and then I know exactly how to sell to this person And I think, no, <laughs> there's no, we're not machines, we're individuals. So instead of that, I've developed a tool to say customer success. What is success for a customer? For instance, people come into my coach training, managers who are coming into my coach training, they want an easier day. They want an easier way of going around with the disagreements on the workplace and all that. That's success for them. So they come to get tools, to get ways of handling that. How do I support that? 
I create a learning room. I create where they're not just getting taught by me, but they also get to meet all other managers who maybe are thinking a little bit like, but doing it differently. I create a learning room where they talk together. So the learning or their learning is also by being surrounded by other people. So that's how I support that success. But they don't know it. They don't see it. So how do I make it visible that they actually see that I support their success in that way? I'm asking best hoped questions in my training. So what do you hope to get out of this training? What will you do differently after that? How will you notice that you're progressing? What difference will that make that you're noticing? What will you notice that do? And then I can address it. Mm. So, okay, so where are you right now? So I can make myself visible. I'm the kind of guy that hates selling. Mm. You know, And that's so strange because why should I be self-employed if I hate <laughs> selling? It doesn't make sense, but that's also part of my life. So this way of saying so how do I support my customer success how do they notice what else can I do to support their success and if I did that how would they notice and what ideas do I get from that mm. so I don't give the answer say now you have a completely personality description and you have everything you can work out but I just leave in blank field what comes to your mind during this process so also in the rethink your business it's individual what you want to get out of it and maybe some people want to do characteristics they make a description who is Dominique who is Elfie how do I sell to them they can do that but I leave the page blank open because other people say oh my god I should write this person and tell them say hey do you know that I actually am doing this <laughs> because I'm not sure you know and I could do more of this and then you could actually help us should we talk or get a coffee or whatever what comes to my mind this spreading all over that on the one thing is the, one of the most inspiring things I know. Michael Donovan once said to me, ah, oh, you're suffering from SOS. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, shiny object syndrome. Each time you see, oh, look over there. That you could use solution focus there. And then I jump over there and I buy a web domain and start something off and go on. I think I'm really suffering from multiple websites <laughs> distortion, really, disorder. Multiple wow, websites we, disorder. But <laughs> We're on the same page here. <laughs> <laughs> it brings to my mind that at one time I was working with another colleague in Denmark, Mikael Elken, and uh, we were talking about performance evaluation at the workplace. And it really sucks. And there's been written so many books about that it doesn't work. And very few have come up with something brilliantly new to say, this is a different way to do it. So I thought, hey, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay, now I'm off again. And right now I'm trying it out in a courthouse. I've got a brilliant opportunity to actually do it real life with a performance evaluation and also with people and employers who actually don't really like to do the performance because traditional is I want a higher pay. I want the courses I want more time off I want I want or this is not working so how do you make a conversation that actually gets into the point where you're not as a manager have to say no 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 or maybe or it's a negotiation and there will be a negotiation but before that so making a, a small framework for having a conversation and using just the change of perspectives that we do in solution focus so well who would notice what would be different what would be the benefit if that happened and actually just having a conversation to say an employee can bring in whatever this employee want and instead of questioning that then say okay so you have three sets of influences when you are employed you have yourself your own satisfaction your happiness at work you have the job description you applied for when you got hired 
and you have the overall organization and the vision and strategy and all that. So just be curious in these parts. Say, yeah, I want only to work half day Fridays. So instead of saying, hey, come on, we can't do that. We have too much to do and say, okay, so what difference would that do for you? Ah, I would get home earlier to my kids. I would have a nice weekend and so. So what would that do for your job you're supposed to do? Well, when I'm coming on Monday, I will be completely rested. I will be full of energy. I would actually be able to work more efficiently And you can say, okay, so more efficiently, how would that look like? And you can exchange that and say, okay, so for the organization or for the company, what difference would that make? If you would go at lunchtime on Fridays and come again full of energy, how would that influence the company? What good would that do for the company? What difference would that do? So just by having these talks, taking away this power gaming between manager and employee, and of course, just say, okay, afterwards there will be a negotiation. Afterwards there will be a sort of evaluation. Can we do it and how would it benefit? But actually to on a fair way to let the employee explain what would be the benefit or maybe even explore mm. the benefits that they might haven't been thinking of because the first layer just I have too much to do maybe feeling burning out I want more time off so okay let's investigate that I can even imagine that some people find out that it isn't very good for the organization or for the job and retract from that in the sense of oh, okay that would mean that oh my partners in the organization don't have someone to call or to work with on Friday afternoon okay that's right okay when I come back on Monday morning oh then I have to do all the work from Friday okay oh, maybe I don't want that <laughs> yeah or they say okay maybe I have a home working day so I'm still available, but still I can be with my kids, but I'm on the phone or whatever it needs. So you go into this negotiation phase, but first you just explore what are the benefits of this change. And what feedback do you get from the leaders that were trained like that? Well, you have to come back after the 14th of November. <laughs> <laughs> no, because now we have done the first where I introduced the conversational tools and they have tried it out. And very much thanks to Thomas Fair, a colleague of mine, a German colleague, also being here in Switzerland. I have now the opportunity to go back and make interviews mm. and see how have it been used. The first rumors I've heard is that some of them were really happy. It took a lot of the pressure away because in this courthouse, sometimes you're a manager for just one person, which means you have an extremely close relationship. And talking about things that are a little bit difficult is different than if you, for instance, have a team of 20 people or whatever. So I'm really curious on how this will go. So we have to come back and do another podcast with Jesper and see how it went and <laughs> what we can learn from that you mentioned the SOS shiny object syndrome yeah and there's also another very very inspiring story connected to that and the story of how you started to do writing workshops Yeah, actually, one of the sideways <laughs> again. Yeah, I was just about to mention, oh, and this is actually a book called uh, Partnership for Performance. <laughs> one have? of the thousand books I would be right, I could copy Bill Hanlon to say, I haven't written 39 books, but I could have an imaginary stable of books. <laughs> Invisible, so these are all my ideas, but it's not 39, it's 2,000. <laughs> Take that. My 2,000 <laughs> books that I have not yet written. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will do that in my after life. No, one of the things is that go buy a website when I get an idea and start something off. The other thing is, wow, this would be a brilliant book. You should really get it out and spread the word of solution focus. And here with, for instance, the performance evaluation, I figured out calling it the partnership for performance, making a different kind of conversation where you can plan and really revolutionize this performance evaluation. And I sit down in front of the computer and wait. I write a couple of sentences, maybe even I manage to write some chapters. I actually have in this case, and then I get stuck. And then I buy a book about writing and another book about writing and a third and a 
1500 books about writing i get more and more frustrated and thinking oh can you damn. give me some tips no <laughs> <laughs> and at one point i thought hey i need to do something different this doesn't work so do something else and i thought there must be someone out there that knows more about it so i started doing this last winter and spring these solution focused writing webinars and pay what you want i'll share my tips and tricks what works for me so far and let's see what happens and people signed up overwhelmingly a lot of people i wrote is for people who are not writers who want to write and tell something then i always introduce and say welcome to this masterclass and let me just define masterclass that's a gathering of masters who share with each other so i'm really excited and looking forward what i will learn today and people are just like what shouldn't we learn and some actually got quite angry but luckily most of them were just like hey this is fun so we started sharing actually i said yeah this is what works for me right now with tools and tips and tricks on how to build up a writing routine and how to stay focused in the text and all that and i said i'm having this because i cannot get on How do I get on? And people started sharing with their ideas and we had some great conversations about inspiration, divine inspiration, when the light hits one and you just work, what happens there? And start say, hey, you should actually investigate. When you feel inspired, what happens around you? Where are you sitting? Who are talking? Who are not talking? What kind of music are you listening to? Hmm. And after a while, I had a series of these and I adjusted the slides each time. And I was looking at the slides and said, oh damn, there's a book. <laughs> <laughs> and right now I have the first draft. I'm never been that far before and i thought okay so in order to actually write books i need to step back and say write a book about how learning to write and uh, the first draft is there and i hope really that it will at the end of the year or next year as a small tiny ebook on uh, how to get started building up a writing routine for all of us and what i also realized maybe have this need for expression but don't exactly have the need to be a writer You know, I just want to tell the world about beautiful things that happen in a, in a solution-focused way. And I don't necessarily to be a very good craftsman, although I know I need to be it to some degree in order to communicate. How beautiful and what a lovely story of how to write a book. And I can't wait to see the final <laughs> e-book or printed book or whatever it will be. So I'm very happy to hear that you're beyond your draft already. Yeah actually uh, and I got the first response and I was thinking oh man that's like starting all over again but it's <laughs> <laughs> no but it's good it's really good that's the other thing is that I really like about this community that we share with each other and that's another way to learn and instead of just sitting and having you I'm writing this and this is my little baby actually hand it out to someone that can give some feedback so you get some different perspectives on it and what a great next workshop How do I go on after I got feedback for my first draft? <laughs> Don't you get started. <laughs> so really also in these writing workshops, seeing the others as experts for their life. And you mentioned how you work on what works. How do you work in those workshops on the preferred future of the people and also of you? To take a classic example from the solution service, what I learned from them, what they have done, is not my invention. To do a class reunion in the first training day in a brief coaching training of 12 days or nine days or whatever, we at the end of the day have a class reunion. So at the first day, we meet again a year after and do it in the future and talking about what have happened since then and really create the framework. And I've taken that and doing it very much smaller version when I'm doing the work so imagine it's all there I mean I remember I worked with a team who was really bad functioning a lot of conflicts a lot of disagreements and all that and I was called in as the external consultant a bit like fix this and one of the first thing that was important for me to do is to say okay so this is the context we need a good 
performing team. Well, and you of all know what a good performing team is because you are the team. So can we please start with the end just to know what are we going for? So imagine this team is really well performing. It's good performing or you can decide good enough performing. You decide. Let me know. How does it look like? Who's doing what? Who's talking to who? How does a week look like? How does a working day look like? And then start exploring that. In the class reunion, and I experienced that in 2003 with Peter Sabo, we not only talked about it, but really acted it out. And I was like the successful solution-focused coach. And we talked to other so successful solution-focused coaches, even though we just started our trainings. And it's really not only about talking, but about acting it and really also feeling that. So how did you do it in your workshop? Was it also acting it out or more talking? couple of examples for the rethink your business you have a worksheet where you have your customers lined up and you have your products and your services and then you fill out what you really love to do where's the money and all that and one thing is to say how does it look here and now and the other thing is to say imagine in a year's time things are going well you have a good balance how does it look like So that's one way to do a preferred future. The other way, if you go beyond workshops, it also go in the consultancy work, organizational work, is to say I had once a day with 100 caretakers in a municipality and the municipality wanted to present a new strategy where they had to work closer each together. They had to take advantage of each their expertises and all that. And from their point of view, yeah, they're going to save money again. They're going to let some of us go and they just want us to be more efficient. And the municipality say, no, actually, we really do want you to have better network and to work because a caretaker is often just one person on a school or two, three persons in an institution disconnected from the rest of the community. So I said, okay, so we're not going to discuss whether this is a good or bad idea because that's the context of the organization. The politicians and everybody have decided this is how it's going to be. So let's imagine you for a moment that this actually is a good idea. How would it look like? How would your day look like? Again, a preferred future and imagine it's a good idea. Wow. How would that look like? So I think for preferred future, there are two levels. There are the context level, like an organization goes, say we have a new strategy. It has to be implemented. It's not up for discussion. And the other level is what's in it for me. And I think that's where solution folks really come in brilliantly because you can say, this is the framework. We're not discussing that. You can either find yourself another job or stay. And instead of stay and getting in a bad mood and thinking, oh man, this is them again, then say, okay, so what's in it for me under these conditions? What are my preferred future? And that's the same with a workshop. With a workshop, you go, for instance, to a writing webinar. I want to learn and to write. That's the context. You will get some tips, but anyway, maybe you're not going to use them afterwards. That's your decision. So in this context where you will have three hours, you will have some tools, you will have some discussions. What are your preferred future? How would it look like afterwards? Suppose it was a good idea to join this workshop. What I really like about it is that it opens up possibilities within a specific frame. This is also where I see is such a great value in solution focus that under given circumstances, you can still find so many, many, many more options and possibilities when you look with open eyes and with curiosity and with, I think, basically with curiosity of what's possible. Yeah, and I've been thinking since you asked me, say, oh, can we do a podcast with you? And said, oh, shit. What should we do? <laughs> And I've been thinking, so what do I do that I find special for me? 
And I think it's what I call the passion part. I think if you do this difference between a context that you cannot change and within the context, that's the same. I mean, people working with families, sometimes they're sent there from the authorities because they're thinking, should we remove their children? That's a context you can change. So within that context, you can still manage to have a solution-focused conversation. And in a workshop or in an organizational context where you are an employee or whatever, you can still work there. And I find it, if you can find the point where people's passion are or what they really think, hey, this is so attractive that I'm almost going to do anything to reach that because it's so interesting. So the preferred future is everything. I think whatever kind of language you use, it comes from the organizational context. If you're a software development engineer or a coach or whatever, I mean, it can be really different, but it's the same. Go for the preferred future. What would be attractive here? Even if you are not sitting there on your own free will, you're sent there and you have to be there because some says and you completely disagree. So since you're here anyway, what different do you imagine it could make? Imagine something good happen. Imagine something for you, specifically for you. And usually sometimes when I do these consultancy jobs, I say, okay, first we're going to nurse your ego. Please only think of yourself. We are here because this and this and this. But really now, what's in it for you? What can you imagine being so attractive that you would be sitting here all day, not even going to the bathroom, but be sitting here because <laughs> you find it so interesting? Mm. It very much reminds me of a meeting I had a couple of weeks ago in an organizational where an organizational part got a very discouraging message from the board and they were all like, oh, this is terrible and oh, this will change the things in this and this way and oh no, we have to fight that and we have to do something and we cannot accept that. And suddenly it dawned on me, it's like, what if it turns out well? And we talked about all the possibilities and all the great things that could happen. And we don't know what will happen. We know what we can do also hopefully to influence some of the things. And suddenly the whole discussion was different. That reminds me of a story. Once I had this job in another municipality where the school department, I've been working with them before, and they called me up and say, okay, we, need, we have some cutbacks. We need to save 20%, I think it was, on the budget for the next year. We need to get rid of three employees. They have been notified the people that this is going to happen and the workload will be increased with 10%. So we need someone from outside to make a day and figure out what do we do. And I said, hmm, could we make it two half days instead with some space? in between some time and what we did was at the first half day to say these are the facts again the context the framework for this and this cannot be discussed because that was a decision they had to save the money in the municipality and all department had and the fact was they calculated that that would be three less employees and all that. So I asked them again to do a preferred future, say uh, these decisions are being made through and one year from now you're looking back and who's doing what and it actually turns out to be okay. It turns out to say, yeah, these are the circumstances. And I made a deal with the management and said, I'm only going to do this if you can say yes to my plan. And you have to say yes all the way. The plan is to say, how would the future look like if this goes well? And looking back and seeing and in the time between, we test out, we introduce the concept of experiments. So if this is our preferred future under these circumstances, what can we do? Who will do what? And then say, maybe the people who have been working closely together as colleagues will no longer because they will be working or they maybe even have other jobs within the department, having other obligations. We don't know, but the people know. So we ask the employees, how would a preferred future look like? We use a different kind of say, these decisions are carried through and it's every day. How does the everyday look like from your point of 
you. With whom are you working? The same or different? What are you doing? Same thing or different thing? And they were working in groups and different constellations and figuring out. And at the end of this half day, it was quite intensive. Then actually saying, so we're going to meet again in two months time. In these two months, pick up one small thing you would like to try out that you would say, I'm going to test it out. I have no idea whether it's good or bad, but at least it will give me some valuable experience on this. And I made a deal to saying every person had to have a project that they will be personally responsible for. Not responsible for success, but responsible for trying out. And no one were allowed to be alone with the project. So you had a partner, you had an experiment buddy that also had a project and you were obliged to at minimum see each other two times during these two months. And you could decide whether you would drink coffee or tea or you would go for a walk or whatever. And I used questions from Michael Yett in Sweden. He has these micro tools, the evaluation questions. What is the best thing you have done so far? regarding your experiment. What would the other ones involve saying what's the best thing you did? What have you learned? And what will you do differently or more of in the next steps? And otherwise you can have your conversation just like you wanted. And they came up with some ideas and really some of them said, hey, listen, it's time that I look for another job. I can see that. I won't fit in here no matter what you do. So these three people who had to go, two of them came from themselves. They decided and everything was good and they were helped and all that. And the third one was decided on basically, but was helped as well. And they did a lot of experiments. And I really stressed the fact that say, listen, we don't know if it's going to be a success or not with your experiments, but we do know you will get some very valuable experience. And that's the important part because that will lead us to the next step. And the managers, I said, and it's really important and I told in front of all the people, so the managers here, the two chefs, the two main managers and the third manager, they promised me that whatever you come up with, you can try it out. And they're looking, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, but don't do something stupid. <laughs> One of the things they actually did, they said, we need to have different kind of meetings, more efficient meetings. Everybody says that. Said, okay, go ahead, figure out what are efficient meetings. We need to have a different kind of atmosphere on this public office, the school department, which meant they made a room, they called the grandma room. So everybody brought in a picture of the grandmother and or grandfather and put it on the walls and they took an old dinner table in oak and put in instead of the meeting table and they used old furniture that was not really comfortable, but they loved it, you know? And they started not just for meeting, but go there if you needed to read some papers or whatever, because the atmosphere was so different. And the people were just like, okay, they're happy. So we do it. The managers were not quite sure, but they really got the idea and said, hey, this is cool. And so much energy and everybody decorated this room from things from home and not from the workplace and not so it didn't cost anything on the budget. So it was really great and strange. And when visitors came from outside and you had meetings, you go to this meeting room, this grandma room, and you could even have very difficult meeting if school manager had a crisis or conflict with some of the teachers or whatever they could invite them in and they would be completely baffled by this other surrounding and at the second time the second half day was just what's better what worked so far and if people came up and said yeah i tried it out but it didn't work it was a big catastrophe so what have you learned and what are your new bright ideas what would you like to try out based on that. So they could go on and here was also the people who say, I've decided I want to look for another job or I already found a job, the other one said, and thank you for the good process, but I'm not going to be on this journey anymore. And it was great. It was fine. And nobody questioned, oh, it's bad. We're going to lose 20% of our budget. Oh, we need to lose people. We need to work faster. We're going to get stressed. Everybody was just looking at it. Imagine 
that this is a good working place, that it's a good working day. What do we do? What a great example of really setting a frame and then letting people explore what they want to explore and what seems to be useful for them. And what I love about the grandma room is you always have your grandmas watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you decide whether it's a good or bad thing. <laughs> so we talked about plenty of things today and we haven't touched on one topic yet. I would love to explore a little bit with you, Jesper. We mentioned at the beginning that you together with Kati and your two wonderful kids are really role models for us in many ways and one of those things is to see how you not only in your work but in your whole life walk the talk of embracing solution focus in your life so what differences does solution focus make for you in your family life Well, first of all, then you should really try to live here, <laughs> see something different. No, no, of course, we try a lot to figure out how can we do it in the best possible ways when things are not working, which, of course, it happens in life. The children don't want to go along. They don't want to dress. They don't want to eat or they're not in the mood for whatever. And I see you're laughing, Elfie. <laughs> yes. It resonates. I don't know what we do. Yeah, we try. For instance... A funny story. Anton, the whole preschool year in kindergarten, he was just like, oh, he was so, he don't want to go to kindergarten. He wants to go to the school. And we bought him preschool workbooks so he could sit there and pretend he was in school and doing homework. He just loved it. Then he started in school. The second day he came home and said, I've had it. I don't want to go to school anymore. And I was just like, what? Yeah, nah, just doesn't like it. Yeah, so apparently it wasn't like he imagined it was. So, so how could you imagine that? Uh, no, I can't imagine. I, I don't want to go anymore. So, well, well it's going to be 10 hard years <laughs> from now on if it stays like this. And connected to that, I knew that in the local supermarket, they have a toys department. I call that his second home. Uh, when we go shopping, he says, I go to the toy department. I say, okay. Then he go and he goes through all Legos and everything. And he says, I want me this, 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 and that. And I say, well, you have to save some money and get out. Yeah, but how much? does this cost how much does that and what is this figure called a lego figure and all that and i said listen if you actually go to school and you start learning the abc and learning the numbers you can actually go to the lego department all by yourself and read the boxes you don't need me to read you everything and you can read how much they cost and you can count your saving money at home and see how much you have and compare it and i say i have the offer say if you can save up the half i will give you the other half so you will also know when have you saved up the half and he was just like hmm not bad yeah i mean he still complains over the school it didn't solve everything and not everything is perfect but i think it was a nice way to also make a sort of a preferred future in the eyes of the children to say so if i go through this apparently right now boring stuff what would be the benefit which is also something i think the school completely lost Sometimes they teach children something and the children don't understand why should I learn this. But if they couldn't connect it actually to a preferred future and say, when you go out to school and you have this competence or this skill, imagine what you can do. I love this story and I wonder how great Anton will be in negotiating <laughs> when it comes to give me half of the money now. When it comes home, Daddy, I found a Ferrari. You said half of it. <laughs> so thank you very much for this example. And well, Jasper, looking back on your solution-focused journey of over 18 years now, if there is one learning you have not yet mentioned that was really, really, really important important, maybe even life-changing for you, what would that be? 
I think it's back to this that I really see potential for solution focus everywhere, no matter how crap situation you are in. It really helps. And I think when I looked at our life together, Katie and mine, and we always try to have this every third month where we take a time out, either in the bathtub together or go to a bath somewhere where you can't have your phone with you. <laughs> or you can, but it's not good. And then we talk about the past three months. What have we really liked between us as a relation, with the kids, with our work, and looking forward at the three months to come? What are we really looking forward to? What are we hoping with our relationship, with the kids? with our work. I think this, even there you can use it in your marriage and you don't have to each time think about, oh, how come I married you? But really just like what is happening around us and you know, in hard times we do the bathtub <laughs> a lot more because we need it and in good times sometimes we forget it because things are just great. So we don't do it fixed. Sometimes we remind, hey, oh, we need to take a time out. So I think really using SF everywhere. Using SF everywhere and giving yourself time for reflection. So that brings us to the challenge of the week. Yeah, the challenge of the week to say, where would you by first thought thinking, no, SF doesn't go there. And then challenge yourself to say, so imagine if it were used there anyway in that situation, how would it look like? If you look around in your life, work, private life, whatever, and say solution focus just doesn't work there i bet and then challenge yourself and say what if it would work there how would it look like wow what a challenge of the week and i'm already thinking about solution folks in the bathtub and if you're thinking of solution folks in other areas of your life or work send us a picture and post it on www.sfontour.com slash simply podcast and then go to episode number 82 we're curious how does the challenge of the week go what was useful in this podcast for you what inspired you the most with what jesper said and let us know and share in the comment section of this podcast episode and as usual you will find all the resources we've mentioned together with links for Jesper's upcoming workshops on Rethink Your Business or Rethink Your Life or maybe there is another workshop about writing to come. So you will find everything in the resource section of this podcast. Please go to www.sfontour.com slash Simply Focus Podcast and then to episode number 82. And thanks to the SOS, this list will be long. There will be many things to find there. So thank you very much for that, Jesper. Thank you very much for being friends with us, with Kati, for the last 10 to 15 years. All the things you do for Solution Focus in the world, for Solution Focus in organizations, for Solution Focus everywhere. Solution Focus everywhere, Solution Focus in Denmark. So there are regularly conferences coming up that Yeah, Jesper... we have a conference called Future Life in Danish, Framtiden Life, where we focus on SF in organizations, as SF in Denmark is quite well spread in family work. But very little in organizations and I tried to change that together with a colleague of mine, Sarik. That's wonderful. So go and check it out. And once again, a big thank you, Jesper, for having us today. Yeah, and thank you for being here. It's really mind-blowing and yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, it was. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. Wow, what a great episode again. Do you also like the Simply Focus podcast? Then help Elfie and Dominic spread the word. Give the Simply Focus podcast a five-star rating on iTunes, Google Play, and other platforms. Plus, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This was Simply Focus podcast with Elfie Cherney and Dominic Godat. Your podcast for a life in joy and ease.